Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Yo, welcome to another post-game edition of the Forum Club. I am your co-host, Jovan Buha, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. And tonight, I have the pleasure for the first time on this podcast, uh, at least with me as the host, to welcome Mo Dekeel O'Neal. I can finally make that joke. <laughs> I couldn't make it before. <laughs> oh, man. You, the, the funny thing is, in high school, I had a teacher who made that joke. It was the very first time I heard it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of clever. <laughs> it's the second consecutive podcast that I, I, I've made a cheesy joke with someone's name. So I, I apologize to our, our faithful listeners. Uh, but Mo, the, the Lakers defeated the Hawks 107 to 99 tonight to finish their seven-game East Coast swing, a 14-day trip, 5-2, and two, improving to 16-6 and six overall, including 12-2 and two on the road. Um, what was your general thought or, or, or takeaway from this game, uh, aside from the Lakers don't try very hard, which we were, we were texting about? <laughs> well, it's funny, and, and well, I'll pull the curtains a little bit for folks, you know, you, me, and Waz text each other, uh, Waz and Elan Bray, we, we text each other every now and then going like, oh, they care today. Oh, they don't care right now. <laughs> like It's almost a common occurrence. And here's the thing, like the the Lakers are so good that it, it, they really are the flip the switch team that the Clippers thought they were last season, you know, and, and can turn it on at times. And when you say, what was my my takeaways from this game itself, this definitely had the feel of the last game of a long road trip, you know, and Mm -hmm. and I have experience having been on those types of trips. You cannot wait for this last game to be over. You cannot wait to get on the plane. You cannot wait to land. It is, you are just ecstatic because you're just like, it's time. I can finally get home. For the players, they get to see their family and things like that. For me, it was sleeping in my own bed. So, you know, it's that kind of thing. And and this game really had that feel of that throughout the entire game. Yeah, I think the the energy level kind of came and went, uh, you know, especially in that that third quarter, it was, was pretty bad, uh, where I, I think Trey Young had 11 points and five assists. Uh, so he, he finished with 25 points and 16 assists. Uh, so pretty good game from him. Um, but but he really controlled the game in that third. And, uh, you know, it, it looked like for a couple of moments there, the Lakers were about to pull away with it. And, and then Trey kind of took over. Um, but but then in the fourth, you know, and this is something we're, we're going to touch on here. Like the Lakers have stumped, you know, well, I don't know if stumbled on is, is the correct word, but they have th- this new bench lineup that they're going to where, um, you know, the, the lineup of meh, which was LeBron plus four non-ball handlers. It was it was LeBron, uh, it was it was LeBron, Wes, Kuzma, uh, Keith, and, and Trez. You know, four guys who aren't really going to secondary play make or or create for anybody else. Um, you know, that group really struggled, and and that was a group that 
Frank gave, you know, 15 plus games to, to try and figure it out. And uh, it was just consistently a, a minus, you know, pr- pretty much each game. Uh, so Wes and, and Keith are now out of the rotation. And this is now the second consecutive game that Frank went with nine guys and started the, the second and fourth quarter with a group of LeBron, Alex Caruso, THT, Trez, and Kyle Kuzma. And, and now that group, I, I think, makes a lot more sense. You got Trez as the dive guy, the roll guy, the offensive rebounder, uh, you know, kind of chilling in the dunker spot. You, you got Kuzma as a floor spacer. Uh, you, you got, you know, AC and, and THT as, as guys who can get out on the break, guys who can run some pick and roll. Uh, in AC's case, you know, a guy who can spot up shoot, cut. Um, and then obviously you have LeBron at the center of everything. So I think that group makes a lot more sense. You know, you know, my, my kind of criticism of the original bench lineup was just that I think if you're the Lakers, you need two ball handler playmakers on the court at all times, right? And, you know, putting LeBron with four guys who aren't going to do that j- just puts a lot of pressure on him. And we saw that group be successful when LeBron just went supernova, which obviously he's capable of doing at any moment in any game. But I think a, a more sustainable path to success for those bench units is flanking him with a guy like Caruso, a, a guy like THT, guys who can handle the ball a little bit and, and create some. So what what have you seen from that group? I, I don't know if you watched the Boston game. I, I believe you did. But n- now we've had back-to-back games with that lineup, and it, it's been successful. I mean, you look at, look at the bench numbers. Like That group has, has worked. Um, it, it helped them in the fourth quarter in Boston. It helped them in the fourth quarter in, in this game. Uh, and it feels like something that Frank Vogel might turn to consistently. Now. Yeah, it's something that they can is just more versatile. You know, it's when you have that one lineup where it's just LeBron as the playmaker. You know, the ball is going to start with LeBron. You know, the you know everything's going to literally run through LeBron. Now, in this case, it's not that things are going to run through the other guys. They're still going to go through LeBron. But you can put him in different spots. You could use him differently. You could have him as the guy who brings up the ball and, and and run just regular pick and roll. You can, you know, set a cross screen up and have him post up. You can have, you know, Caruso bring the ball up. They can they you can just do so many different little things out of that grouping that you couldn't do with the others. And I think that's kind of a a big thing. The one thing too for me though, Yovan, when I look at the way Frank Vogel kind of goes about coaching this team and we saw some of this in the bubble last year and and some of it during the regular season the the normal regular season last year you know he he's going to use this time to experiment with lineups and things like that like him knowing he has this in the bag and and what he can do he's going to keep working on it and keep fleshing it out but i won't be surprised if down the road we're going to see opportunities for matthews and morris you know to, to get back in the lineup and and, and work their way in and different ways and things like that so it's not like an issue for me where i think like those guys are completely out of the rotation they're just not in it right now but i think they'll be they'll be uh way back in and other opportunities for them and i just think overall like it 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 is a better group though like everything you said was right on it just makes more sense to have that pairing together with lebron and it opens up the court a little bit more it takes a little pressure off LeBron to have to create every single play on that one. But, you know, I think overall, I think we're going to see a lot more experimenting. This is just like, okay, Vogel's going to look at it going like, okay, this is in my bag. I know I got this. Let's see what what else works. I think to, to kind of add on to that is 
one of the ancillary benefits of that lineup is they get out and transition more, right? Like Wes Matthews and, and Keefe are not really transition guys, but you look at um, even, you know, just looking at the box score right here, like Trez, two steals and a block, uh, you know, Caruso, two steals, THT, a steal and a block. And like those steals, you know, lead to transition points. They had 18 fast break points tonight. Um, they, they had 21 points off of 19 uh, Atlanta turnovers. So, I think what, you know one of the things that made that group special last year as well was like that was a group that you know led by Caruso, uh, KCP w- w- was part of that bench group. Like they got out in transition and and, and they you know they, they were active defensively, kind of swarming defensively. That was you know uh, oftentimes a, a group that had Dwight Howard in, in the middle, and you know th- they would kind of you know dictate the pace uh, against second units. And I, I think you know this lineup that we're now seeing has done that and, and done that, you know, in, in consecutive games. And I, I just thought it was interesting because after the Boston game, Frank Vogel said he liked the lineup, but that it wasn't something that was necessarily going to be permanent. It, it wasn't a situation where like Wes and, and Keith have lost their spots in the rotation, but then he went to it again and, and neither one of those guys played. And, um, you know, I, I think it is, it, I'm with you. Like, I don't think this is necessarily a permanent thing in that, like those guys are, are permanently out of the rotation, but I do think th- there's a clear blueprint of, of what's going to work with, with, with this group. And I, I think, you know, what I've been saying now for, you know, several weeks is the Lakers have six, you know, ball handler playmaker guys. It's, it's, you know, AD, LeBron, Marcus Gasol, uh, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Alex Crusoe and, and THT. And, and, I think they need two of those guys on the court at all times just to have the offense flowing. And if you you know have a lineup with only one of those guys, which again that one bench lineup was LeBron with four non-ball handler playmakers, like the offense just stagnates. And and really, when you look at the lineup data with that group, I think they had like an eighty-something offensive rating, which is just atrocious. And and you know a, a group with LeBron James should never have an eighty-something offensive rating. So. I think it was just, I think the guy that's really benefited as well, if you look at the past couple of games, is Montrez Harrell. Like he's much more involved in the offense. There's much more spacing with that group. And I think all of a sudden, you know, he has really good pick and roll chemistry with THT. He has good dump off chemistry with THT and Alex. Like those guys can find him. Whereas, you know, Wes or Keith aren't really going to be doing that. So I think it's an interesting problem. It's a good problem to have, having too much depth. But it is something that Frank Vogel is going to have to figure out because, you know, Wes Matthews and Markeith Morris could have gone elsewhere. Like those guys, you know, based on their performances last season, could have been rotation guys for other contenders or, or at least playoff teams. And for them to, to stay here and potentially not be playing at all, um, I do wonder, like in a macro sense, how those guys are going to handle it. Because Wes has talked about it being an adjustment for him coming off the bench. You know, he's been a starter basically his entire career. This is the first year he's coming off the bench. Now, for him not to be in the rotation or, or potentially getting DNPs, uh, you know, every now and then, like, I, I just wonder how he takes that. Yeah, I think part of that comes to how close this team is, and you know, we've seen it from last year, and and, and even seeing it this year. Like the the bench is always really kind of engaged, and I feel like it's a tight locker room. I think in in other instances, I would be more worried about it. I'm not very worried about it with this team, you know. Listen, Markeith Morris wasn't playing a ton when he came to the Lakers last year right away, and he wasn't playing a lot until really he got into the bubble. And granted, part of that was he 
sign not too long before the whole thing suspended. But there, there's always that likelihood, you know, of, of him coming in and not getting a ton of minutes, you know. And same for Wesley Matthews. You know, part of it, too, is you got to kind of be the star in your role and you got to kind of go to work in it. And that's part of the business and part of the job, you know. And it's one of those things of like, look, they're trying to win a championship. And sometimes that means you're going to play. Sometimes that means you're not going to play. And I don't think this is one of those instances where they came in here with the expectations of I'm going to get X amount of minutes every game, you know, and and this is something that a lot of free agents, especially in this kind of situation and where they're at, like, I'm not sure how many options Morris had more than, more than Matthews because Matthews got bought out or, and, and, you know, immediately, you know, was, was linked to the Lakers. But I think the Morris one didn't have a lot of options. I just think for these guys, like it's not time to panic because I don't think anything solidified in January in terms of rotations and things like that. Wesley Matthews is going to play a role for this Laker team at some point. You know, it's just right now, Vogel wants to see what he's got with other guys. It's not a a thing, you know, to, to freak out. And if you're Vogel, it's – his job as the coach to keep these guys engaged and let them know what the plan is going forward, you know? And if the plan is, Hey, you guys suck right now and you're out of the rotation and you got to do this, this and this to get better. He needs to go say that, you know, or if the plan is, Hey, I'm working on other rotations. I want to see how some of these other guys do, you know, I want to give THT a little more uh, time and and see what he could bring and, and so on. So I think it's just kind of having that open honesty that a coach would need to have that with his players. And I think those guys will understand. I mean, look, this is a team that's playing for a championship. That is their only goal. They're one of the few teams that it is championship or bust. And, you know, those guys got to either get on or, 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 you know, ask for a buyout and get out. That might've been a bit harsh. <laughs> no, I mean, I think they're going to try to avoid it getting to that point. Uh, I do think if it, and if it did get to that point, obviously then, then those guys, might not be right for the roles that they were signed up for, right? Like, right. Um, you know, I, I think heading into the season, I personally thought that the Lakers were going to replicate last season's starting group, which was Avery and Danny Green with Wes and KCP. And, and those guys aren't carbon copies of, of you know, the, the other two. Like, they don't really have that Avery Bradley guy. I guess, you know, Caruso um, is maybe the closest thing. Uh, you know, although they are pretty different players, but, you know, I was kind of like, okay, maybe you know, they brought Wes from Milwaukee. He, he was a starter on, uh, on a team that made the conference finals. Like, you know, he, he's probably going to, he's probably signing up to be a starter again, but he's really struggled. Um, you know, I, I think he, he's probably been their worst rotation player out of the 11 that, that have consistently played. Um, I mean, it really has been him or Keith. Like I, I, you know, I, I don't think it's, it's just a situation where they're, they're streamlining it down to nine guys because, you know, it, they kind of have a too many guys problem. It, it's also like those two guys haven't played well and, and you know, haven't really fit in, 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 you know, in the lineups they've been in. And I, I think, you know, Frank is going to have to kind of figure that out because, uh, again, you know, West started uh, on a team that made the conference finals last year. And, uh, you know, Keith w- played a really big role in, in the playoffs and the bubble uh, for the Lakers, you know, sometimes closing games um, and, and being part of that group. So, you know, I, I think it, it's a good problem to have, but it can become a problem. Um, so it, it is something to to kind of monitor and, and see, 
you know, like I, I, I do think the Lakers have an easy stretch coming up. They got Denver on Thursday, but then after that, it's, uh, you know, Detroit, uh, a couple games against OKC, uh, a Memphis game. So maybe that stretch is, is where Frank starts to experiment with, okay, how do we rework Wes Matthews into this group? How do we, uh, you know, get Keefe some time? So I, I don't think those guys are out of the rotation by any means yet, but I, I do think, you know, back against the wall, Frank needs to make a decision. Who are the eight to nine guys I'm playing? I think we've now seen that. It, you know, it, it's uh, the, the starters plus Trez, Kuz, and Caruso, and THT as like that ninth guy if they go nine deep. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We just answered like half of the questions we got. (laughs) So let's transition to the open forum, the the mailbag portion uh, of the postgame show. So a a bunch of questions here from fans of, you know, nine guys, is that the right thing? Um, You know, kind of how do you guys view that? So, we just addressed that. Um, so let, let's see here. Uh, okay. From Michael Crowder at Michael2486908 on uh, Twitter. What's Mo's sober analysis on THT as a prospect? Also think Mo would be a great regular partner for this show. Thanks. So Mo, you got a fan there. Yeah, uh, buddy. That burner? might be my burner. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what is your non-drunk analysis of THT? Um, he's got talent. He's got something there. He has an incredible knack to kind of finish around the rim, very acrobatic finishes and things like that. You know, we just need to see more. It's it, it's just that simple. You know, the shot it's it's fairly consistent. I haven't seen the the I don't have the three point shooting numbers in front of me, but it needs to be a consistent basis where he's just able to knock down shots. You know, it, overall, I haven't seen enough where I feel like beyond preseason where I was like, this dude's amazing, blah blah. He's the next young star, and the Lakers should pour all their development minutes into him and things like that. You know, he's a nice, solid player. I think we kind of when I say we, I mean. Everybody got a little too excited with what he was doing in, in preseason because, you know, it was preseason. Uh, but I think, you know, he, he's, he's a good role player. I don't know if he's much more than that um, beyond that, but he's going to be a good fit for this Laker team. Again, being able to handle the ball a bit, get to the lane, get some tough finishes. You know, the, the key is going to be able to knock down shots on a consistent and regular basis for him to really make a difference for the team. And I, I, that, that's kind of how I view him. I think he's just another role player. I don't look at him as eventually becoming a third star or, or anything like that. I think, you know, th- this is kind of who he's going to be. Yeah. The thing to keep in mind with him is that he's only 20 years old. 
And I know they get thrown a lot around a lot and it's kind of become like a running joke w- with Lakers fans where it's almost like sort of the Tatum thing where, you know, Tatum's been 19 for like whatever, four years. Um, but, but it is like, you know, I, I think there is a, a, you know, uh, a, a ball of clay like aspect to him where, you know, a 20 year old guy, you just don't know what type of jump he can make in the future. Now I, I'm not saying, by any means, like I think he's like a future all-star, but I, I do Hall think- Hall of Famer though, right? <laughs> maybe. I, I think bas- 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 basketball reference has his probability at like 13% right now. Um, So no, but I, I think that like, you know, I, I got, because people try to compare him to different guys and, you know, he, he has a unique, um, he has a unique frame in that he's 6'4", but he has a, I believe, I want to say a seven. He's got, long, seven he's got long arms for days, man. He, I mean, the, the, the arms just keep going. What I was going to say is he, he's got the longest arms at his height in the league. And he's also the heaviest player at his height in the league. So he's got a really unique frame um, in like, he's got some of that Charles Barkley, like stocky at, at six four six five, And then he's also got the really long arms. So the, the guy I kind of look at um, as maybe his upside is Eric Gordon. Um, I feel like that is like a realistic, uh, and, and people kind of forget how good Eric Gordon is, or, or I mean, rather was like, he was the centerpiece of the Chris Paul trade. Uh, yes. you know, people got to remember that. Like he was at one point, you know, a, a surefire lock to be like a, a future all-star. And, and then, you know, his career with, with injuries and kind of toiling away in new Orleans, like it, it just never really went that way. But I, I think like THT to me, that is like a realistic, upside of him of it's not something crazy where like you know i'm not saying he's the next you know people throw out like paul pierce or something like like, i'm not saying that but i do think like an eric gordon is like okay a high level could he be a high level six man i think he has that upside i I don't know if i would bet on it like you know let's see how the next three four years play out it's way too early uh but but i do think you've seen some stuff from him i mean the big things for him are his three-point shot and his defense, um, you know, his defense kind of comes and goes, uh, you know, I think it's gotten better. And then his shot, like if he can't shoot, you know, it's just hard to be a, a perimeter ball handler in the league unless you're a special scorer or a special playmaker, which I don't I don't know if he's going to be special in either of those. So, um, I mean, we, we could do a whole pod on, on THT's potential, but I do think, you know, it, it's interesting to see uh, – his continued development because he definitely has gotten better, even if he hasn't played to the level that fans want. Um, and, and, you know, in terms of minutes and in terms of shots and stuff, like he, he's definitely gotten better from the beginning of the season. And um, I, I think clear, you know, Frank trusts him, right? Like he, he's now kind of earned that ninth spot, uh, you know, as of right now. So I think he's trended in the right direction. Um, I think this one you'll, you'll enjoy from Victor Lung. I, I, probably butchered uh, L-E-U-N-G uh, on Twitter. Is there any concern the Lakers and Clippers have flipped roles uh, compared to last year? Lakers winning on talent, Clippers playing hard every game and having something to prove. Uh, I think this is a good question for you, Mo. Yeah, I I don't have that too much of a concern because I think ultimately this team's done it and been together. Like this core has been together for the most part where my issues last year with the Clippers was that they were kind of acting as if they've done this before and that they've they had the requisite chemistry. Look, LeBron and AD have won a championship together. They know each other well enough. 
you know, obviously Caruso's coming back, uh, KCP, all the guys that are there before, the guys who are coming, you know, Marcus Souls won a championship. He knows what it takes. They have hungry guys and Schroeder and 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 Harrell who, who who are trying to kind of trying to get to where those guys got last year. So I'm not too concerned about it. I understand what it looks like because again, it's like we talked about. There are just times where the team looks bad and and, and, and sleepwalking. Even in the Boston game, Yovan, like it felt like the first half of the Boston game, the Lakers were just kind of sleepwalking through that game. And I think there there are times where we're going to have questions and we look at it going like, well, what's going on with this team? But ultimately, I think this is very different than what the Clippers were last year in the sense of like that was a team that needed to figure out who they were and find their chemistry. But it felt like they were putting no investment into that during the regular season and just assumed it would all come together in the playoffs. Yeah, I think to your point, there's always kind of a hangover with uh, defending champs, you know, like especially this team does have a mix of older and younger guys, but but they do have plenty of guys, you know, LeBron's in his mid thirties, Wes, Keefe, uh, Marcus Gasol. Uh, you know, you do have some younger guys, AD, THT, you know, AC, Dennis Schroeder, but Trez, like, but, but you do have some veteran guys. And I think, you know, we, we have seen that at times with LeBron teams, you know, I, I kind of think back on, on some of those Cleveland teams that, uh, kind of coasted a bit in the in the regular season. Now, I don't think that's on LeBron because I, I think this year he's actually trying pretty hard. He, he's been playing heavier minutes the, the past few weeks, um, and I think he's clearly going for the MVP award. So I, I don't, I, I don't know if I'd put that on him, but I, I do. Th- I, I do think the other element here that it, it's hard to quantify is this team didn't really have a training camp. You know, they, they haven't had much practice time. They've been very vocal about that, especially in the past week or so. Uh, about how they've almost had to use film sessions as practice um, and, and games as practice. So uh, I, I think, you know, like, where, whereas last year's Clippers team willfully chose not to practice. Right. See, yeah, part of that uh, you know, part of that complaint to me for the Lakers, sorry I, I, to cut you off, just part of that oh, is yeah. like, that's what everybody's going through. You know, just the, the way yeah. we, the situation where every team is dealing with that. So sometimes I, I know the Lakers, my, my bigger thing for the Lakers is also like, they just had such a short rest. I don't mind them kind of, you know, taking it easy a little bit. But the practice and stuff like that, every team's dealing with that. So I kind of, and again, I'm, I guess I'm in a little bit of a harsh mood today. I kind of don't want to hear it. You're firing some takes off right now. <laughs> I just, I mean, I just, I just like what everybody's dealing with the same situation. So it's like, all right, you know, you can keep banging on that drum and, and, and stuff, but that's every team. Nobody's practicing that much this year. Nobody's having, uh, as many meetings as they normally would have and, and shoot arounds and stuff like that. So, you know, everybody's in that same boat. So for me, it's kind of just like, all right, well, you're just dealing with the same thing everybody else is. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's get to a couple more questions and wrap up. Um, Aaron Labhan, uh, is Caruso the best role player in the league? His IQ, hustle, and impact on winning is off the charts. Uh, I had this this tweet after the game that Alex has led the Lakers in plus minus in four consecutive games. And I know like, you know, that's not, 
it's not the end all be all, but he's a plus minus monster. And I, I think, you know, if you're trying to isolate individual games, it, it can be a, a little a bit of a slippery slope trying to just use plus minus as, um, you know, evidence for things. But when the guy is consistently, you know, when the team is winning the minutes that he's on the floor consistently, I do think that matters. I, I do think there is something to that. And, and, you know, I asked Frank Vogel about that after the game and, and he just said, like, he just makes, you know, winning plays. He, he just on both ends of the floor, he just always is helping us and, and we are better. And, and he said he's, he's one of their best players, which I, I think, you know, the, the casual fan might not think of it that way. But I, I, I do think Alex, um, you know, I, I don't know where you'd necessarily rank him if you were ranking the Lakers, but I think he's in the top six. Uh, I, I think, you know, like I, I'd, I'd put him in the top six, if not maybe even top five. So I think, I mean, best role player in the league, that's a stretch. Yeah, it depends how you define role player, right? Like, um, I guess, like, is any non-star technically a role player? Because there are definitely better non-stars than Alex. Um, as far as, like, executing the role that the Lakers want him to execute, I think he's in, like, the 99 percentile. Like, I, I think he's up there. But when you're basically... If your definition of a role player is like a non-star, he's not the best non-star in the league. But um, in terms of like executing, I think what the Lakers want from him, which is defense, energy, hustle, you know, defending multiple positions, getting out in transition, cutting, you know, spotting up, like all the things that he does. I think he does that at a very, very high level. But, you know, I guess best role player might be a stretch. Best role player is a stretch. It's not might. And I'm not trying to take any shine oh, away harsh, from Harsh, harsh, harsh mo, man. No, Jeez. I mean, I mean, come on. Like, this is, this is too much. Like, this is the, the thing, right? <laughs> like, we're, we're, we're going too far. And, and here's the thing. And this is the important distinction here. But he is probably the best role player for this Lakers team. You know, that's, like, this is a good way of putting it. He is the perfect fit and he does all the little things that you need. I mean, just go to the Boston game. That game is a loss if Alex Caruso is not hustling back to break up that breakaway play for uh, Jalen Brown. Like, that is that is a dunk for the win for the Celtics right there. And Caruso makes that, you know, play and it slows everything down. And then the Lakers are able to um, pull out the win with Kemba j- missing the shot. But – like he is a star in his role and he is everything the Lakers need in a role player. It's not to say that he's not a good player, but also it's, you know, he can go to a certain team and not be as successful because he just, what he does may not necessarily fit that team. So I think Caruso is perfect for the Lakers. I don't know if it makes, I don't think he's the best role player in the league. I think at that point we're going a, a little bit too, too far. Yeah, no, I, I think you, you put it in a great context. There. Jovan, I'm tough, but I'm fair, man. <laughs> that That's, that's uh, debatable. Um, let, let's oh. close it out with, <laughs> listen, as someone who's had you, you on too many podcasts, that, that is debatable. Um, Not enough podcasts, I feel like, but okay. <laughs> uh, let, let's close it out here with, with Jake at I am Cohen crazy. Jovan, what's it finally like to be on a pod where you have the second best head of hair. Uh, I, I just completely reject this premise. Um, I, I just, I, I can't, I can't entertain this, this blasphemy. I mean, you may not want to entertain it. I understand it. There are a lot of people that sometimes don't want to deal with the truth that's in front of them. But yo, know, my hair is pretty damn good. Like it's, it's you up do, there. You do have good hair. 
But do you have every three weeks in quarantine hair? Because that, that my friend, is, is what you're dealing with here. That, that is the Goliath that you're battling. Every three weeks in quarantine hair? What the hell does that even mean? Like my haircut. Oh, no, bro. I'm cutting my own hair and it still looks good. That says a lot. That says <laughs> a true. lot. I, you know, I, I could not do that. I could not do that. Once, I get, once I'm able to go get like my regular haircut, it's over. It's a wrap. It's, <laughs> it's, it is Vince Carter dunk contest. It's over. It's over, gentlemen. It's done. I got this. We, we might have to have a, a Twitter poll off of this to, to see what the what the people decide. I mean, man, listen, I'm not Zoolander, man. I could turn left and right, dude. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can only go one way. Uh, <laughs> and, and I can only do it with a, a pouty duck face. Blue steel, baby. <laughs> you got to have yeah, more than blue steel. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, pl- I play the hits, baby. Um <laughs> But Mo, thank you so much. Uh, this was long overdue. Uh, I, I've been doing a lot of solo pods post game, but we will have to start bringing you on. Uh, you know, hopefully once a week if, if that works for you. So uh, I, um, I would love that. I would love that. We could call it the Good yeah. Hair Pod. Even when we have Bill Orem, <laughs> it could be the Three Hairs. <laughs> that's that's yeah. You, you, you guys can do. You guys can do the facial hair. I, I can't do that. So that's, that's my, <laughs> Well, one day when you, when, when, when you grow up. When I, when I go through puberty at age 30. I wasn't going to go that far, but okay. I mean, I, I've gotten a few stray hairs on my face. So um, <laughs> now, now, now the podcast has completely gone off the rails. I hope yeah, I've got to go. <laughs> but, but Mo, where, where can people find you on social media? Where can they read and listen to your work? You can read my stuff on Bleacher Report. I do the weekly power rankings. I know a lot of you Laker fans know that because it seems to have irked a lot of you in the past few weeks deal with it uh <laughs> you can hear me on the athletic podcast nerd or she wrote uh, a couple of daily dings a week and just follow me on twitter at mo dakil m-o-d-a-k-h-i-l underscore n-b-a to uh just catch all my work well definitely give mo a follow uh as, as always you can follow me on twitter and instagram at yovan buha that's at j-o-v-a-n-b-u-h-a if you have not subscribed to the athletic you can do so on theathletic.com or off of twitter off of one of my stories uh and if you've not subscribed to this podcast yet i don't know what you're doing but you can subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify the athletic or wherever you're listening to this currently. Uh, So thank you guys for listening. I will be back after the Denver game.